The Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit is made possible in part by Samaritas, the state's largest private foster care and adoption agency. However, Samaritas also provides a number of other services around the state. They are one of the largest refugee resettlement agencies in Michigan. They serve homeless families, persons with disabilities, abused and trafficked women. They also provide market rate and affordable housing for seniors and HUD housing for families and also have skilled nursing, memory care and rehab communities in Grand Rapids, Cadillac and Saginaw. Samaritas, we thank them for their support here at Deadline Detroit. It is Tuesday. Welcome to the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. Thank you very much for joining me today. Kind of a big day here in the city of Detroit. Coming up in just a little bit, I'll have some remarks from Mayor Mike Duggan talking about the renaming of Cobo Center to the TCF Center. It's kind of a big deal for those of you that uh, suggest that maybe you'll keep calling it Cobo instead of TCF Center or complaining about the name change. Well, maybe when you hear from these guys' perspectives, you may think a little differently. Maybe not. Who knows? But anyway, I'm going to play a little bit of that for you. And then also on the program today, uh, a remembrance of a friend of mine uh, from the public radio world, a friend in Kenge Zola, who passed away yesterday. Just a little bit of uh, thoughts about her and what she meant. Uh, what she meant to me and what she meant to public broadcasting here in Detroit. Stick around for the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. Hey, Craig here. Thanks for joining the show today. I really do appreciate it. Well, it was kind of a big day here in downtown Detroit. For those of us that have been hanging out downtown for a long time, of course, we have known nothing but Cobo Center. Cobo Arena used to be a part of this, and of course, then it was Cobo Hall, and it's been Cobo Center for a long time. However, there have been a number of people who have been complaining about the fact that Cobo is named after a mayor who is best known, perhaps, for some of his urban renewal programs, which basically raised African-American neighborhoods in the name of quote-unquote urban progress. This is stuck in people's craw for a long time. Mayor Mike Duggan in the city of Detroit has been calling for this name change for a long time and decided that uh, he would push the Convention and Visitors Bureau and the Cobo Center Authority to Look for a name change. Find a new name sponsor to do this. Well, of course, TCF Bank stepped up. They had the ceremony today. So what I'm going to do is play some remarks made by Mayor Mike Duggan and, of course, by the Reverend Wendell Anthony of the NAACP about what this name change means, not just for the center itself, but for the city of Detroit. Now, for those of you that are likening this to Pine Knob, saying, well, I'm still never going to call it DTE Energy. I'm going to call it Pine Knob. Well, Pine Knob is a totally innocuous name. There's nothing there that that conveys any negative baggage or or has any negative stereotypes for anybody. Whereas Kobo is different. I'm sort of likening this to the removal of some of the Civil War memorials that we're seeing down south. Kobo's legacy in Detroit is a very mixed one. Now, you may disagree with me. You may think this is silly or unnecessary. And maybe you're upset that a, a corporate entity is going to be taking over the naming for this. But I figured I'd play these remarks And let us think about it. You can think about it if you want. Maybe you disagree with me. I think it was time to make the change. And as far as I'm concerned, if a corporation wants to pay money to put its name on something and that's going to help with the operation of the facility, I'm okay with it. Not everybody is. I get that. And that's totally fine. And uh, some great comments that we've had on Facebook earlier today. This is a discussion I'm sure we'll be having. And it will likely take time for people to adjust to the name TCF. However, it's kind of a big deal. Symbolically speaking, it's important. It says a lot about where we are as a city and where we need to go. Well, uh, today's been a long time coming, but it's a good day in the city of Detroit. And I 
right? And I think as everybody knows, for the last three years, I've been pretty vocal with Larry Alexander and the Convention Center about changing the name of this facility. And we need to be honest about some things. I mean, this center has been named for an individual who was responsible for policies that moved large numbers of African Americans out of their homes, out of their businesses with no place to go in the name of urban renewal. And the pain caused in that time still reverberates in this city today. And so I thought it was essential that there be a name change. But having said it's been a while, I could not be more pleased with the results of what Larry and the board have done today. And I want to start by thanking the man who made this possible, one of the great friends of Detroit, the chairman of TCF, Gary Torgo. Gary. Sometimes good guys do succeed. Uh, and my first month in office, when Gary had a little bank in Oakland County called Tolmer, I, I took him and drove him around the Marygrove neighborhood and said, we got to bring this back. We need mortgages. And Tolmer took it on, got into the neighborhood. Gary himself was visiting the houses and helped solve the problems in that area. Then he started to extend business loans to Detroiters so that we could have Detroiters start to build their own wealth and own their own businesses. And in the course of Tolmer becoming chemical, becoming TCF, we now have a 20-story headquarters for a $47 billion bank, one of the 10 largest in the Midwest, being built and headquartered right here in the city of Detroit. Uh, so today, the convention center turns a page. And from now on, this center will bear the name of an institution committed to rebuilding this city in a way that includes everybody. Congratulations to everybody who made it possible. What's in a name? Quite frankly, everything. Names conjures up images of character and behavior and helps to identify who you are and what you may stand for. I just returned from West Africa along with Camellia, very specifically with the national NAACP in Ghana. As we mark the 400th anniversary commemorating the transatlantic slave trade from Jamestown, Virginia to Jamestown, Ghana. 1619 to 2019, millions of Africans were brought forcibly across the Atlantic. It was a historic, it was a solemn, yet it was a joyous journey. It was called, and it is called the year of return. For many said that we would never ever return after Africans were pushed through the steel bars and let down into the awaiting boats. Yet we did return and we did defy all the odds thrown against us. Cultures were severed, languages were forbidden, and names were changed. Names should reflect who you are and what you think and how you behave. That's why there are naming ceremonies 
when a new child is born and the family is brought together to celebrate and to bring joy and tribute to the house. I'm looking at the family coming to pay tribute to the name change that we're giving now to this center. A name change. It signifies, it portrays a message of what one is to be like if he or she is to be liked and respected in life. The name Kobo after Mayor Albert Kobo in August of 1960 has been stated was not one which brought to this convention center the level of respect and appreciation for all the charters. Now some 69 years later or 60 years later it has reminded us of an era that we seek to want to keep in the past never to be resurrected in the future, even though there are those today seeking to take us back to a period of division and discrimination. That does not increase us, but it will further diminish us. For more important than a nation being just great is a nation that has the greatness to be just. The great sage, Rabbi Tarfin Gary, who lived between 70 CE and 136 CE between the destruction of the second temple and the fall of Batar, an ancient Jewish farm settlement in the Judean highlands, used to say, you are not required to complete the task, but neither are you free to withdraw from it. We are all obligated to complete the task. The task is completed when everyone has the opportunity to participate, come to the table, and enjoy the benefits of the blessings that come not so much from our own doing, but from the collective good and united bond that makes us all who we are. As Albert Kobo broke up cities and created division, TCF is now bringing cities together and helping to create a spirit and activity of unity. As Albert Kobo busted up the Human Rights Commission in the city of Detroit, Gary Torgo has been a leader in civil rights and human dignity inside the city of Detroit. As Albert Kobo campaigned against the Negro invasion of white neighborhoods in Detroit, Gary Torgo has walked in the neighborhoods and knocked on doors. And I'm now sure that TCF will continue to help to build solid communities and neighborhoods and investments within Detroit. From a new headquarters in the center of town to new employees and new opportunities all around town. This marks the beginning of a new era. So what's in a name? It's reflected in who you say you are. For your mission says TCF to provide the essential means to enhance the rhythm of customers' lives and help them achieve their goals unified by the passion to act as an ally of our customers. So no, those values and that mission could never be under the name Kobo. It therefore must now be under the name of the TCF Financial Convention Center right here in the heart of downtown Detroit. Welcome to the city. All right, stick around. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, uh, Public Radio lost a good friend yesterday, a woman named Nkenge Zola. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more about her when we come back. Stay with me.
Craig Foley Show on Deadline Detroit is made possible in part by Mad Dog Professional Services. Mad Dog Professional Services focuses on putting their clients on the leading edge of technology faster than thought possible to capture new revenue streams. That's Mad Dog Professional Services. Hey, thanks for checking out the show today. I'm going to play you a little clip right here. This is my friend Nkenge Zola, who passed away yesterday. Uh, but Nkenge Zola was an important person to me, and I just want you to listen to her voice here because she had a cadence and a rhythm all her own. And while the dogs were biting and hoses were trained on peaceful marchers, while some were beaten or killed for their effort to, as poet Langston Hughes wrote, let America be America, others were beginning to reject the strategy, tactics, and premise of the nonviolent movement for racial integration, led principally by the Southern Christian Leadership Conference and the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. For many blacks, the civil rights movement no longer hit the mark. Black power movement, to me, meant basically to give people a sense of pride. James Jackson is a doctor living now in Muskegon. It was never one to give people a sense of what they could do to empower themselves. Jackson and attorney Milton Henry were candidates for governor and lieutenant governor for the Michigan... That was in Kenge Zola from a piece that she had done for a retrospective on the 1967 rebellion here in Detroit. And uh, this was just part of what she did. Now, when I first started listening to WDET as a teenager, she was doing a show uh, on Sunday nights where she would read poetry and, and play jazz and just had this wonderful, wonderful way of speaking to the audience and making you feel as if something special was taking place. Now, some of the stuff would have been out there for sure, but it was always the most interesting thing on the dial at any given time. Anytime Zola was on, you had to listen because she just had a way about her that calmed everything down, brought it to a different level, and she had a very sort of spiritual nature to her, and I'm not the most spiritual person in the world. Anybody that knows me can tell you that. But there was always something that I felt when I listened to her, and I listened to the way that she addressed us. Then, of course, by the time I started at WDET, she was the All Things Considered anchor, a job that she had for many years at WDET, especially in my early days there. And one of the things that I always appreciated, again, is the conversations that she and I would have about the news of the week. I, of course, being this young, brash guy, confident in my take, thinking that I knew everything and, and uh, really trying to sit there and assume that I had the world figured out, she always had a different perspective that I hadn't considered. She always challenged me. Not in a mean way, not in a forceful way, but in a gentle way that sort of made me rethink my position and take in some different points of view. And that's a gift. That's something that she gave me. She taught me a ton about the city, about the people that live in the city, and the history of the city. She knew all about the revolutionary politics of the 50s, 60s, and 70s in Detroit. She knew all sorts of people that had been on the front lines of the fight for equality and justice in this community and environmental justice for a long time. She introduced us to all of those folks and their perspectives. And that's something that really opened my eyes to a lot of things that, frankly, I had been oblivious to before that. Now, again, you're a young kid, you know, you follow politics, you think you know what's going on. But she's the one that taught me that it was important to get out in the neighborhoods, talk to people. She's the one that I would have never been able to take that job at the land bank and connect with people had I not been somebody that had talked to Zola first. She had, again, a very gentle way about her and, and a way of speaking that was just unparalleled. She made you believe the weather forecast. She made you believe that cloudy skies in the evening were something that were to be cherished. 
One of my favorite all-time lines that Zola would say is, the bulk of the heavens are going to be clear tonight. It made you want to look up. It made you want to verify. And it made you appreciate what was happening in the sky, perhaps a little bit more than if somebody just came on and said it's going to be clear tonight. The bulk of the heavens will be clear tonight. Makes you think about the stars. Makes you think about the clouds moving across the moon. Makes you think about what you're looking at on a deeper level. And it sounds like a little thing, but it wasn't. She connected. She made it work. So I haven't talked to her in a long time, and I feel bad about that. She'd been teaching out at Oakland University for a long time uh, and, and was somebody that was just unlike anybody else I've ever met. So Nkenge, goodbye, and thank you. And thank you for listening to The Craig Folly Show on this Tuesday. We'll be back tomorrow. Lots to come.